So I said this on the SPW Instagram page, give us a follow at SPWIFS, but I just wanted to say it here. Yes, I know things have been a little quiet on my front as of late, and that's just because I've been super busy with some other stuff that's been going on in my life. But I just wanted to let you guys know that I do plan on bringing a good bit of stuff to the channel in December, and that starts today with this podcast, which is going to feature the guest Riley Viatar. I'm sure most of you guys know Riley Viatar if you've watched the SPW games and just been around on the channel for a while. Riley and I actually met um, for the first time a little over a year ago, and we've developed a really good friendship, you know, from playing football together, and that's that's all you can ask for, honestly. In this podcast, he and I really just sit down and have a nice chat about our trip to Fast Plastic and what that experience was like from both of our perspectives going to our first pro tournament. So kind of for, you know, if you're out there and never been to a pro tournament and you're thinking about going, this is just to give you a little idea of what it was like for us being new timers and going to that kind of an environment. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Other than that, in a week or two in December, I plan on releasing a new Wiffle statement type video. So as always, um, hope you guys enjoy that. I really do enjoy putting those commentary type videos out. And of course, uh, at the end of the month, best holiday of the year, Christmas, we'll be releasing the cr- Christmas Classic, the fourth annual Wiffleball Christmas Classic. Wow, that's crazy to think it's the fourth one. But anyway, we will be doing a giveaway with that. So um, I'm going to give out more information for that to, so I can do that giveaway for y'all on the SPW Instagram feed. So definitely go give us a follow at SPWIFS if you want to stay updated on how you can win what's going to be given in the giveaway. So be sure to check that out. And uh, yeah, just and hope you guys enjoy the content that's going to be coming out this December. And uh, yeah, I just thank all of you guys that have been sticking around on the channel lately. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Let's get to it. So, whenever Riker invited you over, we played that series, and then, you know, kind of nothing happened. We didn't talk to each other until, like, the beginning of this year, and then... Around January or so, February, we started talking about having, like, four, three, four teams. Yeah, and then we were deciding whether or not to do, like, established teams or just keep doing pickup, and then it grew to <laughs> basically what it is now, and next year we'll be going into our third season. So what do you think, Riley, has been, like, the, the biggest change you've seen so far? Like, because I feel like whenever you first start getting into wiffle ball and it starts, you start realizing there's a community to it and there's, like, a whole other world out there. It kind of, it does, you know, it's not like it completely changes your life, but it, it does change your life in a little way. Yeah, well, the biggest change was thinking I'm just playing with my cousin's buddies, just a couple, like, wolf, backyard wiffle ball until I hear about the competitive side of it. So, right. I mean... Going from just playing around, cutting up, having a good time to, holy crap, high energy and competitiveness of wiffle ball. So uh, I enjoyed that change. Yeah, for sure. And coming, because you played, I don't think you played anymore, you played men's softball, right? Right. And I feel like that's one thing, Like in some of Golden Sticks' older videos, they talk about um, how there's, if you want that competitive nature, you're never going to get as close to baseball as wiffle ball comes. Oh, of course, yeah. Softball was nothing like it. Yeah, and like the pitching and wiffle ball, even compared to blitz ball, you know, softball, whatever 
you know, side sport you want to name. I don't think there's really any comparison to it. Not at all. So when we, I'm going to talk about, speaking of pitching, we're, we're going to get into how it was for you pitching at Fast Plastic in a minute. But what kind of, because you and I, I think out of everybody in the league, you and I spent the most time talking about Fast Plastic because I've been wanting to play in a pro tournament for, you know, since I really started researching into wiffle ball. And then I think whenever you dis- discovered like Golden Sticks YouTube channel and all that, you, you know, got the bug and really oh, wanted yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. So what kind of materialized from, I can't remember when we started talking about it, but from the time we started talking to actually going to Texas? I mean, the transition was crazy. I mean, I, I didn't think it was as serious as it was until I started doing a lot of research and we've been having like meetings monthly about it. Um, but what really got me really stirred up and into it uh, was watching really uh, watching Steffi's pitching, and I was like, dude, if we're gonna face that, like, I want to go, I want to go and compete. Uh, so, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, excited that you offered me to play on the team with y'all. So, uh, from there, it was just, it was just crazy. It's history from there. Yeah, for sure, and, and like it, it really is history. You know, that was. I really, you know, that team's going to be coming back again and hopefully playing in more. And I think that's the thing is once you, like, we decided that we were going to do it, it wasn't that hard. Like, like I'm talking about, um, you know, planning wise, planning wise. Yeah. Like the, not to say it's easy, but the logistics of getting there, you know, you're going to have to plan out your traveling plan, all that kind of stuff. But really you go on the website and you signed up and you're entered, you know, team name, uh, the manager or leader of the team, whatever you want to call it, and pay your money, and that's it. You yeah, signed up. You're in there. I I feel like that's one thing is like a lot of people that watch Golden Stick videos, and they're kind of you know they feel like they're on the outside of the community. I feel like if you're looking in, it might feel like it's kind of a hard case to crack into or whatever, like hard to get into. Maybe some people feel that way. I honestly say it couldn't have been any easier. And when we got there, it really blew my mind because whenever we got there, we so the tournament was Saturday and Sunday, and then Friday they were doing a meet and greet home run derby. So basically, everybody could come out, you could meet all the different players, and they were doing a home run derby and promotional for a new bat company. Anyway, whenever we got there, I I think the the first thing I'm ever gonna remember from going. Well, let's take one step back. How okay. about the drive getting there? We were oh. like, about, <laughs> once we got there, we were like, dude, it starts. I think it was at maybe six thirty. It started at, and we got there at six, and we we're like, dude, we gotta go. Like, we gotta drop our bags. We gotta go. So I mean, the anticipation. And oh yeah. The Be- build up getting there, you know. Because living, living where we do in Louisiana, it's like about what five, four hour drive over there, about. Yeah, right about five, I guess. Five. Can't so remember. Yeah, it's kind of a blur <laughs> at this point, but we were driving. Let's see, and Friday, you know, afternoon traffic, the whole way there. So when we got to our hotel, it was about, like you said, 30 minutes till start. I want to say we got there like around 6, and it was about a 20-minute drive. I mean, we had to look yeah. it. And, and we had no clue where we were going either. <laughs> I remember just handing one of the phones, the GPS, to one of y'all, and I was like, just let me know where to go. We're flying. We're there. I don't want to be late. Yeah, and, and we did get there. And that was kind of crazy because we had that whole anticipation because – we had talked about it, you know, I mean, months leading up to it and then the whole drive going up. And then it was just like, oh, my, oh my God, this is actually happening, you oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> so when we, whenever we pulled in to Fast Plastic, you know, we get out. 
And and then, you know... Well, the scenery before we get there. I mean, when we get there, it was just trees and it opened up. Yeah, exactly. That, that was the... Because they had never held it there before. So so we're driving here. We're all talking about, like, oh, who's going to be there? You know, what, what, who are we going to meet and everything? Like, we don't know anything. Our pants yeah. <laughs> and then we, we get there... And we're, we're, we're looking on the GPS, and we're like, oh my gosh, we are lost. And we just come out of the trees, and they never held it here before, but we see just turf field, um, big batting cage facility, and just cars and people. And then, let's see, we parked, and then uh, the way the field was set up, like the parking lot was separate from the facility. Right. So then we walk down. And all I hear was somebody, I, don't, I still don't know who it was, somebody shouted, SP Whiffs? And I was like, yes! They know us. <laughs> I was like, at least one person's going to know who we are. Yes. So that, that was pretty cool. Because, like, Wiffleball is such an online community. And, uh, you know, people really do keep in touch. So that, that was a cool thing to see firsthand. Well, and considering we're the only, one, the only team or lead from Louisiana, I mean, it's cool to see that other states are watching us. You know what I mean? Yeah, the exactly. Only one here. So, I mean, it's good that they, they reached out and they found us, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, that like, that's the thing. If you if you don't listen to, to Fast Plastic Radio Network, one, you should. But they had been talking about, you know, the Renegades' first team from Louisiana, you know, and really you know hyping it up and you know because it was cool you know oh, yeah. growing growing the community and whatever that's awesome and um but yeah whenever we got there that guy shouted and then we got down and started to you know mingle who who was the first person that you talked to or i, I don't know i think we kind of like split up and just kind of wandered around well right when i got there i went to get my fast plastic shirt i went to talk to billy owens and uh oh okay jp to get my fast plastic shirt and then we kind of we still well, me and Justin we signed up for the home run derby, and then after that I think you all you and Riker had split up, mm-hmm. and then me and Justin went sit aside, got some bats, and just kind of started swinging and throwing BP and stuff. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was uh, some of the guys from the Gamecocks had came and oh, they okay. a couple of our balls to warm up with and stuff. So that was the first people we actually talked to. Right. Uh, no, no, no big conversation. They just asked where we were from, where they were from, and they went on. Yeah, and then y'all compete in the home run derby. Atrocious. <laughs> it didn't go as planned. One is ten, one and ten, and then Justin went two and ten. Well, I, I'm gonna give you that was an. I mean, the bats were a little different, and then hitting. It was a pretty windy day, but yeah. that was a that was a rough chapter in the way. <laughs> I remember uh, the my first experience. I, I had thought about this, and whenever we pulled up, I saw. First of all, if you watch Wiffleball on YouTube and I hope you do decide to go to like you know a pro event anywhere whenever you get there and you're especially a fast plastic because you know it is the event and you see the faces that's one thing uh David Wood told me he's like when you just see all the people that are there you're gonna you're gonna freak out because like it really is like you know maybe nobody else knows them but like wiffle ball celebrities if you want to if I'm allowed to say that they're all there so i'm walking in there you know i'm like oh my god look at that that's that, that, that you know it's it, you know about about to pee my pants but then i look over and then off in the middle of the off in the middle like hanging up banners on the outfield fence there's just this tall lanky pale dude and then i look a little closer and i'm like oh my god that's the legend himself and then i walk over i hope y'all all know who i'm talking about i walk over he's wearing his cloud nine or 
C4 shirt now. And I went, I shook his hand, I introduced myself, and I told him, Sean, I just want to thank you because I probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for all that stuff you did with your YouTube channel. And that might have been the, sounded like the stupidest thing and the cheesiest thing I could have possibly said. But at that point in time, man. You had to get it off your shoulders. Yeah, I had to say it. And he was super nice. And that, that was a really cool experience. And now that you say that, Ben, I think that is the first person we talked to once we went down on the field. That's, I think all, all four of us went and talked to him. Yeah. We greeted ourselves. Super amiable guy. The, the home run derby stuff. Right. And that was another thing that was pretty cool is really you don't know what to expect it's like you know new kid first day at school kind of a thing you really don't know what to expect but i was very pleasantly surprised that base everybody there was super friendly super talkative down to earth yeah down you to earth think that you know watch a video <laughs> all hyped and but very sincere right guys all and, of them. and i think we felt that the most because after the home run derby we walked over to the other field which was like on a completely different side of the complex and over there there was it was a high school field it seemed like yeah yeah three fields yeah it, it was a full-size field it was it was a big baseball field too yeah but on, on that on the one of the fields over there warming up and it was just really quiet it was josh pagano jordan robles and i think another guy from their team i can't remember his name but that was cool because there was lefty. I can't remember his name either. Yeah, I think that was his first tournament too. It was. It was. But um, anyway, they were there, and that was really because there was no noise. There was nothing else going on. It was just quite dead quiet, and we were able to talk to two guys that have been playing, you know, for years and years. So I, I think that was a really, really cool experience. To hear their stories and their background, especially uh, Josh Pocanos about his uh, Tommy John surgery and how he came back and shook back from that. Shook back. <laughs> yeah, was it him? Yeah, no, that was him. Uh, Jordan Robles. Um, I think Jordan Robles pitched a lot that day too because his arm, John Pagano's arm, can't do as much as it used to. But anyway, that was a really cool experience meeting them and then getting the, to see them play the next day. Which I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about what it was like Saturday a little bit? At least I was waking up that morning. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, waking up. Uh... I was pretty nervous. I mean, I was, wasn't trying to be nervous, but I was just because I knew it was a big day for all of us. Uh, I remember getting there, and we just wanted to, to uh, warm up. But before we had a group meeting with everyone, they were discussing who was going to be playing on uh, what fields and all that. So we ended up playing on field four, it was. Yeah. Oh, it was all grass. The, the right? one grass field. Yeah, we, got, we played there against... Um, the freaky oh, freaky franchise freaky franchise yeah purple and white team yeah so so when you went out there we had because we had talked about it, we were like we're gonna pitch Riker and riley we're probably gonna pitch riley first game so th there was this, like there was this long build of how it's gonna go you know strategic wise. yeah strategic there was a lot of strategy put into it which looking back i guess we really overthought it a yeah, lot but i think so but so how, how did it feel going out there? You know, it's one thing pitching in our field over here against us, but how was it facing, like, you know, pro players that have been playing for forever? Oh, yeah. So whenever y'all gave me the job of starting the first game, you know, I was pretty pumped. I had, you know, it I seemed like you wanted that job, too. I did want it. I did want it. Uh, I thought I was going to have you know, a better outcome than what I did, but that's beside the point. I mean, it, it was great just pitching to those guys. Uh, uh, 
I thought I had, you know, I was, I was going out there to pitch my slider to have a first pitch strike, but that didn't work. I mean, that the ball was just going everywhere with the wind. So I had to adjust, and I think my screwball started working and yeah. lefty curve. So I started throwing that, but once they got a hold of it, they got the timing down, they started breaking. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Rough it just it goes downhill from there. Yeah, you know, I mean, okay, just to say, getting 10, <laughs> getting 10 run ruled in your first game, no home runs. Yeah, no home runs. That's it. And we it wasn't a no hitter. We had one hit. Yes. So that's it. It was just an, it was an icebreaker game for us, I guess. It was a good way to like you know, yeah, break the ice. Just realize what you're going up against. And I actually think. Big wake up call. Yeah, I think no. Okay, so G, we played the in our bracket. There was us, the Renegades, and the Freaky Franchise. GSW. GSW, and yeah, then. Legends of Whiff. Village Idiots. And Village Idiots. So, GSW, I think, was the number one seed in our division, and then Freaky was uh, second. So, I think we were the fifth. We, we, were, we were definitely the last seed in our division. Right, right. So, it was a, a 2v5 situation. So, that basically went, you know, as expected. Yeah. <laughs> but our second game, and definitely the best two hours of wiffle ball probably ever that was a blast and uh riley uh took the carpet again that game went a little better oh, oh yeah i was finally <laughs> warmed up so uh we ended up playing against legends of with a lot of great players Derek anderson jonathan king um nor uh nord nord yeah, i can't remember nord his full name who's the the younger guy the pitcher I can't remember his name. Ryan Kaufman, maybe? There you go. That's it. Yeah. We didn't get to see him. We saw Derek Anderson pitch, and that, that was fun to see. Uh, but, yeah, taking the carpet that second game, uh, that, that was just an amazing feeling. My arm was feeling good, finally. We weren't against the wind as much as we were last time because we played on the field playing the backfield six. So uh, I felt really good. My slider was working. Screwball was working. Lefty curve was working. Everything. I was pretty pumped. Uh and our, our team battled. I mean, it was a close game. I think it ended up being 7-5. Yeah, 7-5. Seven 7-5. To five. Seven to five. So we had a couple big hits that, that, ben, uh, that Ben gave us, and we all did our job. It was a great outcome. Yeah, really, that game felt – because I think that game gave everybody the idea of, like – because one thing to go there – first of all, going over there was best experience ever. But going over there and being able to compete in the game – Yes, it was the confidence to – yeah. Finish the, the pool play. That 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 was the one of the best feelings ever. And yeah, the bats definitely came alive and props to Riley because he had you know, a lot a lot of those guys on Legends of Whiff were more great hitters back in the day. Like I think like Anderson had been playing since like he was a award winner in two thousand six. You know, to give us I was six years old back then. <laughs> so <laughs> to give you a little perspective. But um, it, it was awesome playing them, and really, really good group of guys too. Good group of veterans to be able to play against. And ironically, when we got when we finished up pool play at the end of the day, we were the only team that had beaten them yeah. so far. So that felt that was, that was pretty satisfying. Yeah. And you had some tough innings there, but you you managed to pitch the whole game too. Yeah, I remember at one point I think it, we were. Uh... It was maybe the third or fourth inning, and you know, we were thinking about putting Riker in, but I, was, I just yeah. said, no, like, I want to finish. I, I want this game, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, I was glad I was able to do that because we were able to have Riker for GSW and Village Idiots. So yeah, and, and even the GSW game was awesome. It it was really fun playing um, the DeRocher brothers, and then um, can't think of his name right now. The commissioner of the league. Oh, Billy Owens. Billy Owens, and uh, Matt Cross, I believe, if I'm correct. The, Mr. Clean. Yeah, Mr. Clean. <laughs> there we go. But those guys were. One, they were they were super super nice, and two, DeRocher, very humble. Very that's, humble. That's the word to describe them. Very humble, especially and it was funny, um, DeRocher. So when he pitched against us, he he pitched a um, pitched a shutout, but I don't think I think we had a couple hits. I think we had a couple hits that game. You and Riker got a couple. I believe, could be mistaken. But anyway, he so he pitched that game and he he's a wizard with a wiffle ball. The ball he was using, it was a really oddly scuffed ball. But anyway, that's besides the point. But my point is, later that night, um, Riker and I stayed behind and we watched their Sweet 16 game versus Usual Suspects. And when he got out there and he was pitching, now this was was an elimination game. This was when, when you advance, lose, you go home. And you could see, Riker and I just looked at each other and it was like, yeah, he was taking it easy on us. <laughs> but even still, that being said, Riker pitching against GSW was... Even though, if you look at that game on paper, they put up five runs, but his effort against that hitting squad was oh, phenomenal. It was a, a renegade effort, for sure. Yeah. And then after that game, Riker um, was taken over to um, be on their radio show. Yeah. For a little bit. Yeah, besides that left first inning, if we could have got away from that first inning, Riker pitched lights out after that. That's true. They, they could, they yeah. could, they, uh, I think he threw mostly just fastballs. They just couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. And he was he was hurling it, too. Yeah. He was definitely hurling it. And that was... I don't, We didn't score any more in uh, our last two games after we played Legends of Whiff, but I think hitting for me, from some, from coming from a guy that really enjoys hitting... I think being able to face that level of competition with pitchers was super, super exciting. And plus, when you realize that every single pitcher has, you know, their own method, their own cutting techniques, their own whatever they do, that was a really cool thing to see. What made me realize, whenever I stepped up to the plate, I had to have a game plan. I had to, like playing at SBW, I mean... We face these guys every week. We practice with them every week, so we know what's expected. We know where what what pitch they need to throw to get to what count they need to. But going out there, we don't know what to expect. They have their plan. We have our own in the box, but we, we don't know what to expect pitching wise from any of them. So, but we just needed to find the one pitch that we needed to hit. Right, and every and that changes from game to game, from pitcher to pitcher, from inning to inning. Yeah. and then when you see. Obviously, we didn't make it out of pool play. Coming, we'll we'll, we'll make it out of there one day. Swear next year. <laughs> next year. <laughs> 2019. But when you saw those teams get out of pool play, and you started seeing them put their aces in, and they got to the elimination games when they, you could just tell the intensity ramped up. Because for some of those teams, you know. You know that they're you know C four is gonna get out of pool play. You know the usual suspects are gonna get out of pool play. Like some of the teams, they're they have to play their games, but they you know they're moving on. So when you see them get into the elimination games, when 
it gets super serious and it gets really intense and everybody gets amped up more, that's, I think, really cool to see personally. I just remember sitting down and I, I, I looked down and Josh Pagano was walking around with his game jersey on and his headphones on. And he just looked like he had been transported to another world. Like he wasn't talking to anybody. He was just marching around the entire complex, getting in his game zone. You know, and yeah, that was that was intimidating to say the least. But what did you think of the overall experience? And like not just with our games, but just seeing other teams compete and all that. I mean, it's almost indescribable. But also, um, it was really what we went out there to see. We wanted to go and see uh, the competitiveness and uh, all the guys that we've been watching for over the years. So, I mean, it was just awesome. It's kind of indescribable. You know? It really just is. A, just a feeling that I have. I don't have much words on it, but it's just an awesome feeling of knowing that I went there and yeah. had a great time. Great but experience. I think there is one thing you could point out, or maybe not. Maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go first with this one. That? Yeah, go ahead. F- favorite moment from the whole thing. And I can say, okay, if I'm talking like strictly from playing point of view, because there were a lot of favorite moments of watching other guys play and meeting people, but just from strictly our team playing, when I went over, like going over there, my goal, I want to hit one home run. And I hit one home run. And I think I really, <laughs> the guy I hit it off of really didn't expect me to hit it. But that was against Legends of Whiff. And I think that was probably like my favorite, up until now, my favorite moment in my football career. But what would you say your favorite moment was? I would go back to Legends of Whiff game, my, my uh, pitching performance there. I mean, yeah, I think that was my best, best pitching performance the whole tournament. Uh, I didn't have anything too fancy on fielding or hitting. I mean, I, had, I think we I ran one double play. Yeah, you and Riker turned a double play. Double play against the Village Idiots, but uh, hitting-wise, I think I only had maybe four hits. I mean, nothing too, nothing too impressive, but I think my game pitching Legends of Whiff, that was – that was my game. And especially because it was never we, – we, I, I think we had the lead in that game throughout because Justin uh, Justin had the first RBI in, uh, for the Renegades. He yes. had the very first RBI. Um, yeah, because I led off that inning with a hit. He – we, I think Riker got on. Justin batted around. You had a hit. Everyone – we're throwing out hits. And I think my home run – because there were a couple people on base whenever I hit that. Second and third. Yeah, so that put us to seven. But even before that, that whole game, we were going back and forth. We were scoring, they were scoring. It kept you know building up to eventually seven to five. But when you went in to pitch that last inning, somehow, I think there was an error. Oh, no, there was, there was a rule that we didn't know about. There was a fielding rule with how we were aligned. Anyway, not to get technical, but they ended up having the bases loaded like one or two outs and, and two run game and bottom of the last and you you pitched around that and it, it was a nerve-wracking inning <laughs> that, that was that was a great moment like to come back from that's not easy at all so that I, was so I remember every pitch like looking behind y'all looking at you <laughs> and looking at Riker in the field and, like y'all faces are just like is he gonna do it like is he gonna do it you know yeah and whenever you threw that last pitch, last strikeout, you know, we won the game. It was just, oh, man, the tension just fell off. It, that was a great feeling. That was a great feeling. So definitely want to come back next year and compete in more events. What are, you know, first year, we're not we're not rookies anymore in Fast Plastic. I can finally add to my resume pro wiffle ball player. I want yes. to add that for a while. Exactly. And one win underneath our belts. Yeah, one win. I'll blame it. I'll blame it. <laughs> for sure. 
But what, what uh, looking forward, what is this first trip to Fast Flash to mean to you, and how do you want to use that in the future? Oh, I mean, it means a lot. I mean, it, it, it dictates our future for sure. We going to, went out there, didn't know what to expect, and came out with a win, which surprised us all, but I'm glad we had that win underneath our belt. Going into next year, I mean, from the last uh, Fast Plastic uh, radio talk show, I heard uh, Billy Owens talking about maybe a couple of plastic, Fast Plastic tournaments, not just the one in Texas, a couple other ones out there. So I want to try to go to every one. Yeah. And get some more uh, information you, from all the guys. And When you get that bug and you, you, feel, that, you feel that hype and you feel the, the other people that are there that have that same feeling, you... It activates something in you. It, yeah, it, does. it does. Just like me personally, I, I love going on cruises. So I have the travel bug now. So every <laughs> year I want to go on a cruise. I make sure one of my vacations is a cruise. So it's just like fast plastic just rolls rolls along right in there with it. There you go. Put it up, mark it on your calendar, and, and not just fast. You know, that's one thing I've wanted to do is I've said this before to really grow the wiffle ball presence in the <laughs> South. So not just fast plastic, but there's rumblings of. Um, Mid-Atlanta Wiffle Ball starting uh, SAW, which would be set up a region in the South. Fast Plastic hosting more tournaments in the South. So, bottom line is, guys, there is a lot of exciting things happening to give people opportunities to play professional Wiffle Ball. And, you know, with Fast Plastic, it was gone for a few years. We had, you know, the only pro tournament was Golden Stick, and I was way in the Northeast. This feels like right now, everything is growing in a good Everything's in a good place to keep expanding, but we one thing we heard all the time from guys over there was like, oh, "This is awesome that y'all are here. Y'all need to come back." You know, having new blood in the game—that's what wiffle ball needs if it's going to keep growing. And that's what I'd like to say to other people: if you're if you see these guys playing, if you want to do this, if you want to play, if you want to learn the game, nothing's stopping you. Trust me, we we met all these guys at Fast Classic. They're down to earth. Don't be afraid to DM them on Instagram or comment on one of their videos on YouTube. Just talk to them. They will talk back. They're going to give you the information that you need to become a football player if if you decide to do that. Yeah, and they and they love hearing new people that are enthusiastic. It on it honestly, you know, makes it makes drives it, them. It drives them. So yeah, you know, exactly. People out there that want to play. It's not just the same old people they play every time they want to have new competitors every year exactly and so that's one thing to keep growing with this channel and i appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast everybody that watches the videos and i hope you all take you know what we do what organizations like fast plastic do and just try to grow that into your own league and eventually come out and play at pro tournaments so definitely keep working on growing the football community keep spreading it and if you're thinking about going to a tournament that go don't let anything stop you i have one i have one more comment then if you don't mind go for it really so if any guy if anybody wants to play the renegades or any team <laughs> of spw which consists of the wolverines the outlaws the aces or pinecone gang give ben a shout out and y'all come to louisiana we'll we'll, we'll host a tournament or something if y'all want to play we'll, we'll do something to make it happen and going off of yes please do that and going off of riley's note one, never be afraid to contact anyone. To contact me, contact anybody you see in the wiffle ball community because they will be more than happy to talk to you. But that is one thing we are going to be looking into very soon. Hopefully very soon is setting up tournaments for people to come and compete 
with us and keep growing. You know, the more people we have in this league and hosting our own tournaments in Louisiana for people to come play. So, just putting that out there, something to be excited for. Hashtag Wolfball is life. Nothing else matters to come out. That says it all. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Catch you guys later.